Section 24 of A Popular History of France, Volume 4. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cathy Barrett. A Popular History of France from the Earliest Times, Volume 4, by François Guizot. Translated by Robert Black. Chapter 30. Francis I and the Reformation. Part 4. We have dealt in detail upon these two martyrs, Leclerc and Berquin, the wool-carder and the scholarly gentleman, because they are faithful and vivid representatives of the two classes amongst which, in the sixteenth century, the Reformation took root in France. It had a double origin, morally and socially, one amongst the people, and the other amongst the aristocratic and the learned. It was not national, nor was it embraced by the government of the country." Persecution was its first and its only destiny in the reign of Francis I, and it went through the ordeal with admirable courage and patience. It resisted only in the form of martyrdom. We will give no more of such painful and hideous pictures. In connection with this subject, and as regards the latter portion of this reign, we will dwell upon only those general facts which bear the impress of public morals and the conduct of the government rather than of the fortunes and the feelings of individuals it was after francis i's time that the reformation instead of confining itself to submitting with dignity to persecution made a spirited effort to escape from it by becoming a political party and taking up in france the task of the opposition a liberal and an energetic opposition which claims its rights and its securities it then took its place in french history as a great public power organized and commanded by great leaders and no longer as a multitude of scattered victims falling one after another without a struggle beneath the blows of their persecutors the martyrdom of berquin put a stop to the attempt at quasi-tolerance in favor of aristocratic and learned reformers which francis i had essayed to practice after having twice saved berquin from a heretic's doom he failed to save him ultimately and except the horrible details of barbarity in the execution the scholarly gentleman received the same measure as the wool-carder after having been like him true to his faith and to his dignity as a man and a christian persecution thenceforward followed its course without the king putting himself to the trouble of applying the drag for anybody his sister marguerite alone continued to protect timidly and dejectedly those of her friends amongst the reformers whom she could help or to whom she could offer an asylum in bairn without embroiling herself with the king her brother and with the parliaments we will not attempt to enumerate the martyrdoms which had to be undergone by the persevering reformers in france between fifteen twenty nine and fifteen forty seven from the death of louis de barquin to that of francis i the task would be too long and intermingled with too many petty questions of dates or proper names we will confine ourselves to quoting some local computations and to conning over the great historic facts which show to what extent the persecution was general and unrelenting though it was ineffectual in the end to stifle the reformation and to prevent the bursting out of those religious wars which from the death of francis i to the accession of henry the fourth smothered france in disaster blood and crime in the reign of francis i from fifteen twenty four to fifteen forty seven eighty-one death sentences for heresy were executed at paris only from the tenth of november to the second of may a space of some six months one hundred and two sentences to death by fire for heresy were pronounced twenty-seven were executed two did not take place because those who ought to have undergone them denounced other reformers to save themselves and seventy-three succeeded in escaping by flight the journal d'un bourgeois de paris pages four forty four to four fifty does not mention sentences to lesser penalties 
in a provincial town whose history one of its most distinguished inhabitants m boutiot has lately written from authentic documents and local traditions at troyes in fact in fifteen forty two and fifteen forty six two burgesses one a clerk and the other a publisher were sentenced to the stake and executed for the crime of heresy quote, on an appeal being made by the publisher mass moreau the parliament of paris confirmed the sentence pronounced by the bailiff's court and he underwent his punishment on the place saint pierre with the greatest courage the decree of the parliament contains the most rigorous enactments against books in the french language treating of religious matters and it enjoins upon all citizens the duty of denouncing those who publicly or not make profession of the new doctrine Quote, the Lutheran propaganda, say the documents, is in great force throughout the diocese. It exercises influence not only on the class of artisans, but also amongst the burgesses. Doubt has made its way into many honest souls. The Reformation has reached so far even where the schism is not complete. Catholic priests profess some of the new doctrines at the same time that they remain attached to their offices. Many bishops declare themselves partisans of the reformist doctrines. The Protestant worship, however, is not yet openly conducted. The mass of the clergy do not like to abandon the past. They cling to their old traditions, and if they have renounced certain abuses, they yield only on a few points of little importance. The new ideas are spreading, even in the country. Statues representing the Virgin and the Saints are often broken, and these deeds are imputed to those who have adopted the doctrines of Luther and of Calvin. A Notre-Dame-de-Pitié, situated at the Hôtel Dieu-le-Comte, was found with its head broken. This event excites to madness the Catholic population. The persecutions continue. Many people emigrated for fear of the stake. Quote, From August 1552 to the 6th of January 1555, says the chronicler, Troyes loses in consequence of exile, probably voluntary, a certain number of its best inhabitants, end quote. and he names thirteen families with the style and title of quote, noblemen. End quote. He adds, quote, There is scarcely a month in the year when there are not burned two or three heretics at Paris, Meaux, and Troyes, and sometimes more than a dozen. End quote. Troyes contained at that time, says M. Boutiot, 18,285 inhabitants, counting five persons to a household. Many other provincial towns offered the same spectacle. During the long truce which succeeded the Peace of Cambrai, from 1532 to 1536, it might have been thought for a while that the persecution in France was going to be somewhat abated. Policy obliged Francis I to seek the support of the Protestants of Germany against Charles V he was incessantly fluctuating between that policy and a strictly catholic and papal policy by marrying his son henry on the twenty eighth of october fifteen thirty three to catherine de medici niece of pope clement the seventh he seemed to have decided upon the latter course but he had afterwards made a movement in the contrary direction clement the seventh had died on the twenty sixth of september fifteen twenty four paul the third had succeeded him and francis i again turned towards the protestants of germany he entered into relations with the most moderate amongst their theologians with malencon Busser, and sturm there was some talk of conciliation of a re-establishment of peace and harmony in the church nor did the king confine himself to speaking by the mouths of diplomatists he himself wrote to melancon on the twenty third of june fifteen thirty five quote, it is some time now since i heard from william de bullet my chamberlain and counsellor of the zeal with which you are exerting yourself to appease the altercations to which christian doctrine has given rise 
i now hear that you are very much disposed to come to us for to confer with some of our most distinguished doctors as to the means of re-establishing in the church that sublime harmony which is the chief of all my desires come then either in an official capacity or in your own private character you will be most welcome to me and you shall in either case have proof of the interest i feel in the glory of your own germany and in the peace of the world melancon had indeed shown an inclination to repair to paris he had written on the ninth of may fifteen thirty five to his friend sturm quote, i will not let myself be stopped by domestic ties or by fear of danger there is no human greatness before which i do not prefer christ's glory one thought alone gives me pause i doubt my ability to do any good i fear it is impossible to obtain from the king that which i regard as necessary for the lord's glory and for the peace of france you know that kingdom pronounce your judgment if you think that i shall do well to undertake the journey i am off melancon had good reason to doubt whether success such as he deemed necessary were possible whilst francis i was making all these advances to the protestants of germany he was continuing to proceed against their brother christians in france more bitterly and more flagrantly than ever two recent events had very much envenomed party feeling between the french catholics and reformers and the king had been very much compromised in this fresh crisis of the struggle in fifteen thirty four the lawless insurrection of anabaptists and peasants which had so violently agitated germany in fifteen twenty five began again the insurgents seized the town of munster in westphalia and there renewed their attempt to found the kingdom of israel with community of property and polygamy as in fifteen twenty five they were promptly crushed by the german princes catholic and protestant of the neighborhood but their rising had created some reverberation in france and the reformers had been suspected of an inclination to take part in it Quote, it is said wrote the chancellor de granville in january fifteen thirty five to the ambassador of france at the court of charles v that the number of the strayed from the faith in france and the danger of utter confusion are very great the enterprise of the said strayed about which you write to me to set fire to the churches and pillage the louvre proves that they were in great force please god the king may be able to apply a remedy the accusation was devoid of all foundation but nothing is absurd in the eyes of party hatred and suspicion and an incident almost contemporaneous with the fresh insurrection of the anabaptists occurred to increase the king's wrath as well as the people's against the reformers and to rekindle the flames of persecution on the twenty fourth of october fifteen thirty four placards against the mass transubstantiation and the regimen as well as the faith of the catholic church were posted up during the night in the thoroughfares of paris and at blois on the very chamber door of francis i whose first glance when he got up in the morning they caught they had been printed at neufchatel in switzerland where the influence of the refugee william farrell was strong and their coarse violence of expression could not fail to excite the indignation of even the most indifferent catholics in their fanatical blindness factions say only what satisfy their own passions without considering moral propriety or the effect which will be produced by their words upon the feelings of their adversaries who also have creeds and passions francis i equally shocked and irritated determined to give the catholic faith striking satisfaction and protestant audacity a bloody lesson on the twenty first of january fifteen thirty five a solemn procession issued from the church of st germain auchois john du bellet bishop of paris held in his hands the holy sacrament surrounded by the three sons of france and the duc de vendome who were the dais bearers and the king walked behind with a taper in his hand between the cardinals of bourbon and lorraine 
at each halting place he handed his taper to the cardinal of lorraine folded his hands and humbly prostrating himself implored divine mercy for his people after the procession was over the king who had remained to dine with john du Bellay, assembled in the great hall of the palace the heads of all the companies and taking his place on a sort of throne which had been prepared for him said quote, whatever progress may have already been made by the pest the remedy is still easy if each of you devoured by the same zeal as i will forget the claims of flesh and blood to remember only that he is a christian and will denounce without pity all those whom he knows to be partisans or favourers of heresy as for me if my arm were gangrened i would have it cut off though it were my right arm and if my sons who hear me were such wretches as to fall into such execrable and accursed opinions i would be willing to give them up to make a sacrifice of them to god on the twenty ninth of january there was published an edict which sentenced concealers of heretics quote, lutheran or other end quote, to the same penalties as the said heretics unless they denounced their guests to justice and a quarter of the property to be confiscated was secured to the denouncers fifteen days previously francis i had signed a decree still stranger for a king who was a protector of letters he ordered the abolition of printing that means of propagating heresies and quote, forbade the printing of any book on pain of the halter six weeks later however on the twenty sixth of february he became ashamed of such an act and suspended its execution indefinitely punishments in abundance preceded and accompanied the edicts from the tenth of november fifteen thirty four to the third of may fifteen thirty five twenty-four heretics were burned alive in paris without counting many who were sentenced to less cruel penalties the procedure had been made more rapid the police commissioner of the chatelet dealt with cases summarily and the parliament confirmed the victims had at first been strangled before they were burned they were now burned alive after the fashion of the spanish inquisition the convicts were suspended by iron chains to beams which alternately quote, hoisted and quote, lowered end quote, them over the flames until the executioner cut the cord to let the sufferer fall the evidence was burned together with the convicts it was undesirable that the reformers should be able to make a certified collection of their martyrs acts and deeds after a detailed and almost complacent enumeration of all these executions we find in the journal d'un bourgeois de paris this paragraph quote, the rumor was in june fifteen thirty five that pope paul the third being advertised of the execrable and horrible justice which the king was doing upon the lutherans in his kingdom did send word to the king of france that he was advertised of it and that he was quite willing to suppose that he did it in good part as he still made use of the beautiful title he had to be called the most christian king nevertheless god the creator when he was in this world made more use of mercy than of rigorous justice which should never be used rigorously and that it was a cruel death to burn a man alive because he might have to some extent renounced the faith and the law wherefore the pope did pray and request the king by his letters to be pleased to mitigate the fury and rigor of his justice by granting grace and pardon the king wishing to follow the pope's wishes according as he sent him word by his letters patent sent word to the court of parliament not to proceed any more with such rigour as they had shown heretofore for this cause were there no more rigorous proceedings on the part of justice End, quote. End of section twenty four